0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of John, chapter 5. Book of John, chapter 5, we're beginning a new section. This section is verses 31 through... 39. Keeping in mind that this fifth chapter has been presenting to us Jesus' authority. By whose authority? By what authority? Was he here? By What authority did he do the things that he did while he was here? Who was he? We want to read this morning verses 30 through 39, and like I said, it begins a new section from verses 17 through 30. Jesus. Been giving proofs of his deity, claiming to be equal with God. Verse 31, we read If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bear witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. He sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, man but these things I say, that you might be saved. He was a burning and shining light. And ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have greater witness than that of John. For the works the Father hath given me to do, or to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his word, his voice, at any time, nor seen his shape and ye have not his word abiding in you for whom he hath sent him ye believe not search the scriptures in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me As I said, this is a new section. The old section was dealing with Jesus offering several proofs of his authority to work, to heal On the Sabbath, which gives testimony to who He is, but it's a witness of Himself, it's a witness that He gave to them. And so we come to this section, and Jesus realizing and knowing that it is necessary to give further evidence, to give further witnesses. We have in this section five witnesses to the power and authority of Jesus. Verse 31, he said, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. <laughs> Just a little way in the way of background. Witnessing of myself is not credible. If I have no other witness to back it up, no other witness to go along with it. What Jesus was stating here in verse 31, he, he, he was stating the, oh, the, the judicial system of, of the Jews, of the Israelites, which was given to them by God. A man's own testimony was not to be believed alone. One's testimony must be supported by other witnesses. Nothing was to stand upon the witness of one individual. This is not only, was not only Jewish law, was not only Israelitish law, which God gave to them, but this is one of the most fundamental laws of society throughout the world, shall we- Back up just a little or say at least it once was. Because we seem see see it seems like we're living in a day and time in, in which we've gotten away from that. We're so so quick, so ready to to judge the guilty to to condemn the guilty it doesn't matter if there's any witnesses to the crime it seems like people today have condemned an individual Guilty of a crime that he hadn't even been charged with, let alone tried. It's the society in which we live. And it's not just in this country, it seems to be the world over. But it was not so in the days of Jesus. It was not so in in the beginning days of the nation of Israel. And they they adhered that law. (laughs) Pretty much. Except for when it came to Jesus Christ. And if you read remember when we were going through the book of Matthew and it came to his trial they couldn't find any witnesses so they got some men to come and lie (laughs) concerning him turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy Deuteronomy and we'll go back to the law Book of Deuteronomy in chapter 17, in verse 6 At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses, <laughs> it had to be at the mouth of at least two. Or more witnesses. Shall he that. Is worthy of death. Be put to death. But at the mouth of. One witness. He shall not be put to death. I mean. Even if there was one witness. That said. He did it. I saw him do it. It wasn't credible enough. He wasn't to be convicted upon the word of one man. It had to be at least two or three. Turn with me to the 19th chapter. The 19th chapter and go down to verse 15 One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. Nothing was to be established upon the word of one. But it must be by the mouth of two or three. And Jesus recognized that that he was a Jew. He was brought up in the Jews' religion. He came to the Jews. He came to the Israelites. He knew their laws. He knew what they would demand of him. They knew that his witness alone would not be enough. In, in, in obeying the very laws that He gave to them. Established it. Even during His earthly ministry here in this instance in, in our text. But not only in, in this text but we find Him in the instructions that He gave to His church. In the instruction that He gave to the apostles. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew in chapter 18 verse 16. This was his instruction to the church when when two brothers had a problem, had a quarrel. One had, had wronged another brother. And he goes to that brother. The one wronged the one transgressed goes to the brother who transgressed him. And he tries to swirl, he tries to work it out, things out. But the man won't hear him. This is what Jesus said in verse 16. But. If he will not hear thee. Then take with thee other, one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. You first go to him alone and then if he won't hear, if he won't work it out, then you get one or two more. So there are two or three witnesses. To establish the facts, he gave those instructions to his early church concerning that, which was a carryover of what he had given to Israel in the days of the law. And he continues instructions to the church in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse 1 where we read, This is the third time I am coming to you, Corinthians. Church at Corinth. This is the third time I'm coming to you and I'm bringing witnesses. <laughs> In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. <laughs> you see, they were, they were seeking proof from the Apostle Paul that he, was, that he had the words of Christ. That he had authority from Christ to do what he... I mean, this this is the man who went to Corinth, preached the gospel. They were saved under the preaching of the gospel by the mouth of Paul and his company. The church was organized at Corinth. But now some had come up in the church and they wanted a proof that Paul was a man of God. Paul says I'm coming to you the third time to deal with this issue and I'm bringing witnesses with me witnesses that will will back, back me up that will say the same thing about me as I have said about me look at the instructions given to a young preacher man by the name of Timothy in the book of First Timothy in chapter 5 well, I guess I better get the right book I won't find it in Thessalonians will I? First Timothy in chapter 5 in verse 19 the instructions Given to Timothy here are uh, concerning pastors. You know no man <laughs> that you have a a charge against is it to be at the mouth of one witness? Matthew eighteen Second Corinthians thirteen and definitely not the pastor. Verse 19 Against an elder receive not an accusation, a charge, but before two or three witnesses. Don't, don't you listen to just one man bringing a charge against a pastor. He instructs Timothy. He instructs us. At the mouth of two or three witnesses, there better be two or more witnesses to back up those charges against a pastor this was the Jewish economy in which Jesus was living in that day and this was the instructions that he gave to his church and to the pastors of his churches thing that that our judicial system here in the United States of America was built upon was built upon these principles from the word of God. And, and it was carried throughout the world. It was it, as, as the early church was spread into all Christian influence influenced the whole world. And their judicial system. You see as they began to get away from sovereign kings ruling. And it didn't matter about a court of law. It didn't matter about a judicial system. It was at their word. I mean, he, he didn't like you. He'd you cut off. He'd have you thrown in prison. That the judicial system that evolved from the spread of Christianity was at the mouth of two or three witnesses. Not at the mouth a one, and He, Jesus, would prove the fact—the fact of His being the Son, being the Son of God, being the Son of Man, being equal with God, one with God. He would follow the demands of their judicial system. And he would give them witnesses. Back to our text in the book of John in chapter 5. And so we come to the first witness that he called in his defense. The first witness in verse 32. And it's the witness of the Holy Spirit. The witness of the Holy Ghost. There is another that beareth witness of me. He said, I've witnessed for myself, but that's not credible. There's another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true Jesus did not identify who he meant by another it might cause a problem for some it doesn't for me The same Greek word is used in John chapter 14 and verse 16 where he says another comforter. Same Greek word. Most commentators believe that it was God himself that he was referring to. I have a little bit of problem with that. We're in verse 32. He says, Another, there is another that bears witness of me. And down in is God himself the father that he's talking about well then why a few verses later in verse 37 does he give God as another witness so I don't think that he's talking about God in verse 32 other than the Spirit of God and there's, then there are still some commentators who, who think it's John the Baptist they just take verse 32 and they lump it together with verses 33 through 35 where he's talking about John the Baptist Well, I don't agree with that either. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit had already been given to Jesus, had already been given to Christ without measure. That, without measure simply means without limit turn with the book of John the third chapter the third chapter in verse 34 pay attention to these words here for he whom God hath sent Speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto the sent one, unto Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the sent one. The one sent of God, where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He was the sent one of God. He's the subject in this third chapter of the book of John. He's the one that that some came to John and, and questioning him about Jesus. And, John is again testifying to the fact of Jesus. And he says that the the Holy Spirit was given to him without limit. Whatever was necessary, however much of the Spirit, he was gone. (laughs) Being gone, he possessed. Spirit. The Spirit was empowering him and doing the work of God through through him. Remember, he was flesh and blood. He was man. And yes, at the same time that he was all man, he was all God. (laughs) Had the discussion. <laughs> Remember, Jesus' temptation. Granted, it doesn't say he went out in the desert and and, and without food or drink. He said, just he fasted. I think you studied fasting it was without food and drink but it's it's pointed out that the physical body can only go about a week without water you can go a lot longer without food than you can with water the body is the human body is what Seventy five percent water, something like that. Jesus was forty days and forty nights. (laughs) How did he survive? He had the spirit without measure, without limit. It was God. How did Moses, not once but twice, go up into the mountain, 40 days and 40 nights, without food and drink? God was his sustainer. God was his provider. He gave sustenance to the body. God created it. Can He not make it to last without water as long as He wants it to? The Holy Spirit is one of the witnesses that bear witness of Christ. He, he bears witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of First John. First John chapter five. Verse 5 of chapter 5 of 1 John says, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. I read that verse for you to, to see that, that the next verse is talking about Jesus, the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. Pay attention to that phrase also. The Spirit beareth witness because the Spirit is what? Truth. Just as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is truth, whether it be the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. He's truth. Four. There are three that bear record. That word record there, it's the same Greek word that is translated witness in the verse before that. It's the same Greek word that's translated witness in in our text in the book of John chapter 5. So, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The spirit and the water and the blood. And these three are in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. <laughs> the Spirit testifieth of the Son. God testifieth of the Son. How God testifieth of the Son? Through the Spirit. And he did it during his Son's earthly ministry. He believeth that he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. (laughs) You see, the Spirit witnesseth to you of Jesus Christ. He indwells you and continues to witness you of Jesus Christ. Bearing witness that you're in Christ. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. He believeth not the witness that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. This is the witness that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is his in His Son. What is the witness? The witness is that He's given to us eternal life. The Holy Spirit is that witness. He's witnessing to us of the Son. John chapter 14. John chapter 16. He is the witness. He's bearing record. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not The Son of God hath not life. The witness of the Spirit is covered covered so thoroughly in this gospel, in in John's gospel. Look with me, John chapter 14. I'll reference and we'll go there john chapter 14 and we're gonna read several verses here beginning with verse 15 john fourteen fifteen down through about verse twenty six if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Who is that comforter? Even the spirit of truth. <laughs> you cross reference that with, with, with 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6. It said, because the spirit is true. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He says that to to His apostles, to His church, to the eleven. He said, said that the Spirit is dwelling in you. You know Him. You know the Spirit. You know that witness that is there. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At, the, at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. How how you going to know it? How you know it? The Spirit that bears witness. He that hath my commandment, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot. Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us? and not unto the world. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And what things does he teach us? He teaches us the things concerning Christ. He he continues to give witness. He gives witness. Of Jesus Christ in our salvation. He continues to give witness. All of our life. To Jesus Christ. And so we grow in grace and knowledge. Of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the 16th chapter. The 16th chapter. In verse 7. Nevertheless. I tell you the truth it is expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away the comforter the Holy Spirit will not come unto you but if I depart I will send him unto you and when he is come he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more, of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he The Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. I want to emphasize the Spirit does not speak of itself, the Spirit does not give honor and glory to itself. He exalt. He exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, that the, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. <laughs> In other words, all things that are of God, he shows it unto us. He doesn't exalt himself, but he exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. So, John, in this book, the Gospel of John, gives records so fully and completely of the Holy Spirit being a witness. In our passage in chapter 5, he leaves him completely out. When Jesus is listing the witnesses that he has that bear witness of who he is? (laughs) Impossible. He didn't leave him out, he just didn't call him by name. You see, back in our text, in his innermost being, A power that works in and through him. Note in our text in chapter five in verse thirty two, he says, I know, I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true what did we read to you in the 14th chapter of John and in the 5th chapter of 1st John the spirit is truth the spirit is truth he only witnesses to the truth the only witnesses to Jesus Christ the spirit bore witness that he was and is the son of God he bears witness to us today said in John chapter 3 verse 34 which we read earlier for he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God For God giveth not the Spirit by measure or without limit. By limit. He doesn't limit them unto him. Turn with me to the 6th chapter of John. A verse that that we go to quite frequently. We go to it to show that it is the Spirit that makes alive. It is the spirit that quickeneth and makes alive. But there's more truth in this verse than than just that. Look at verse 63 of John chapter 6. It is the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. Notice this. The words that I speak Jesus speaking. says, The words that I speak unto you They are spirits. And they are life. The Word of God is company with the Holy Spirit. It's company with the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ, of course, we know to be the Word. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the Word. Take heed to the words which He speaks. Look at the testimony not given in John chapter 5 not one of the testimonies that Jesus gives but testimony in the book of Acts in chapter 10 and verse 38 when these Men, these apostles were speaking concerning Jesus in verse 38 they said this they witnessed this concerning him how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He had the spirit of God without limits. He was God. He had the spirit of God, without limits. The spirit of God is giving witness to whom Jesus is. I ask you this morning, in closing, do you have the witness of God? Is the Spirit bearing witness with you concerning Jesus Christ? Is the Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are in fact a child of God? That you are in fact in Christ? That you in fact have eternal life? Shall we stand